the cup of service. We've talked about uh, the cup of satisfaction, so now we're going to talk about the cup of service. Next week, we'll talk about the cup of sacrifice. This series on cups, cups in the Bible, ordinary common things that are used to, to explain an eternal principle. God does that in his word. Jesus did that. We looked at how David did that last week with the, the cup of satisfaction. This week, we're going to talk about service. I brought a, a unique kind of cup with me this morning. This is called a tank up cup. And the idea is that you can see a picture there. The idea is that on the side of this cup, there is a heat strip. And just like the gas gauge in your car, when you fill it up with hot water, it will tell you whether or not your cup is full or empty. And as I fill it up, you're going to see in just a few minutes, just like the picture up there, there's a red strip. You see it? Everybody, not everybody can see. You see the red strips rising as the hot water goes in there. Now, this is a great novelty, but which is easier, looking on the side of my cup or looking in my cup to see <laughs> how much is in there? This is a, a gag. It's fun. It's, it's fun to play with. But you know, if you want to know how much coffee or whatever hot drink you have in your cup. If you want to know how much is in there, all you got to do is look, at, look in there and see. But it's still fun, and it's fun to play with and get a kick out of it. But this morning, the cup we're talking about this morning in Matthew chapter 10, verse 42, this cup wouldn't work. I mean, it would. You could drink out of it. But Matthew 10, 42 is not talking about a cup of hot water. Matthew 10, 42 is talking about a cup of cold water. And we're going to talk about what that means as it relates to service this morning, the cup of service. Again, last week we talked about uh, the cup of satisfaction. Next week is the cup of sacrifice, and we're going to celebrate the Lord's, Lord's Supper at the end of next week's, or in the, at the end of next week's message. Uh, this week, the cup of service. The cup we're looking at in Matthew 10, it's not uh, for hot liquid, but it does have a gauge on it. It's got a gauge on it. Uh, that tells us what it means to serve and how we are to go about serving. It tells us what it means to be a servant, to be a follower of Christ. And if you take the cup of service, if you put it into practice, it will fill you up. Uh, your gauge will read full if you practice this act of service as it's laid out, not just in this verse, but in God's word, but especially in this verse as we're going to look at it this morning. But first, we need to make sure we're all on the same page when it comes to service. What does it really mean to serve somebody? Is it an event like a worship service like we're having this morning? Is that what service is all about? Is it something that I do or is it something that I experience? So we're going to look this morning at what the definition of service is. Uh, uh, hopefully we can all agree. I surrender my life to the Lord to do what He says for His glory. So we're defining service in those terms. It means that it's not an event that I experience. It is me surrendering my life to the Lord to do what He says for His glory, which means it can be applied in several different areas. It means that it can be something that I do in a worship service. Certainly, I can serve the Lord. I'm surrendering my life to Him. I'm coming here to praise Him, uh, to serve Him in that way. It can be something that we do inside the local church that we do for each other. It can be works that we perform 
on behalf of the Lord in his name, which is what we typically think of when we think of service, right? We think of things that we do, acts that we perform in the name of Jesus to serve other people. So it can be things that we do. It can be something that we do inside the walls of the church. It can be something that we do outside the walls of the church. Uh, Maybe you're a member of a parachurch group. It's not a church, but an organization that, that performs a ministry uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ that, that is doing a specific ministry. That's service. It can be something you can do inside your home. You can serve your family. You can serve your wife, your husband, your kids. You can serve each other inside the family. You can serve outside the home, outside the church, at work, at school, in your neighborhood. It, it's, there are several ways that we put this into practice. There are several ways that we practice service. And of course, you can do it inside the walls of the church. We're here today. We are the church gathered, and we are called to serve the Lord. Three facts about service. These things I think we need to nail down. Number one is this. This isn't in your notes. You can jot this down if you want, but there are three facts about service that I want to nail down before we move forward. The first is this. You have to be saved in order to serve. We're talking about serving the Lord, serving Christ, so in order to serve Jesus... You have to be a child of God. You have to be saved. So that's a requirement. Now, service doesn't save us. A lot of people get that confused. We don't serve to be saved. We serve because we're saved. But I, I, I hope that each of you this morning know Jesus is your Lord and Savior. You can't serve him unless you know him. And the most important thing is that you know him, that you've come to, to accept the salvation, that you know him as your personal Lord and Savior. So you've got to be saved. Number two, we serve the Lord in his strength. Now look at this verse. We serve in his strength. 1 Peter 4.11, if anyone serves, it should be from the strength that God provides. It's from his strength, all right? We, we can serve in our own strength. We can try that, but it won't produce any fruit, it won't have eternal impact if it's not done in the strength that God provides. If we don't serve in the Lord's strength, it won't bear fruit, but it will also wear us out. You'll get burned out serving in your own strength. If you're serving in your strength, your strength will run out. But in the strength that God provides, you can continue to serve. It won't do us any good or anybody else any good if we serve in our own strength. Look at that verse again. If anyone serves, it should be from the strength that God provides so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. We want to glorify God. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. We know that God will give us strength. If he calls you to do it, he's going to equip you to do it. But it has to be in his strength. Can't do it in my own strength. My strength isn't strong enough. Third thing about service, the joyful life is found in serving the Lord. The joyful life is found in serving the Lord. Psalm 100 verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness, come before him with joyful songs. From the bottom of my heart, if you are a believer and you're not experiencing joy in your life, one of the first places you need to look is where am I serving the Lord? You can't find true joy and satisfaction serving yourself only living for yourself. True joy, true satisfaction comes from serving the Lord in his strength for his glory. That's where we find joy in serving others. If you're a born again believer and you're not serving and you're not experiencing joy, it's not the church's fault. It's not your wife's fault. It's not your kid's fault. It's not your boss's fault. It's your fault. 
If you don't have joy and you're a child of God and you're not serving the Lord, that's why you don't have joy. Joy is found in serving the Lord. Jesus saved us to serve him, not just to sit on a pew. He saved us and set us apart for his service. The fulfilling and thrilling life that you're looking for can only be found in serving the Lord and accomplishing his purpose for your life. Now, with that in mind, let's look at Matthew chapter 10. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 42, Jesus, in that, in that chapter, Jesus is preaching a sermon. That sermon is called the Mission Discourse. And if you look at Matthew chapter 10, the first four verses of that chapter, Jesus is preaching to his disciples, his followers. He's commissioning them to send them out to fulfill his mission. He's sending them out on the mission field. So the first four verses, he commissions them. Verses 5 through 42, he goes about telling them how they are to go about fulfilling his mission as they go out and share with the lost world the love of Christ. We're going to zero in on verse 42 of Matthew chapter 10. And this verse paints a beautiful picture of what it really means to serve the Lord. What does it truly mean to serve Christ? That's what we're going to look at and, and take from Matthew chapter 10, verse 42. These words are challenging, yes, but they are also encouraging. So you're going to be challenged this morning, but you're also going to be encouraged as you, as followers of Christ, go out and attempt to serve him and carry out his mission. Encouraging words for every disciple. Now, the cup of service. Here's what we're talking about. We serve the Lord by serving others. The cup of service is serving the Lord by serving other people. That's our goal. That's what we want to do. To serve the Lord Jesus, we have to serve others. You can't separate those two. If I'm going to serve God, it's going to involve serving other people. Because Jesus served others and called us to serve others, and he called us to do it in his name. So we serve the Lord by serving others through the church, inside, outside the church, in my home, outside my home, wherever I am, I've got opportunities to serve. So let's look at, at Matthew 10, 42. Whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water, just a cup of cold water in the name of Jesus... Whoever gives these little ones a cup of cold water, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. So let, let's just take that verse before we get into our, our points for today. We're just going to break that down for a moment, okay? We're going to break this verse down. First of all, whoever, who's this talking about? Well, it's talking about anybody, any Christian, anybody who is a follower of Christ, whoever, and any and all Christians, this all applies to us. We can all serve the Lord. Look at the next. Whoever gives. Serving requires generosity. If I'm going to serve the Lord, it means I'm going to have to give something. My time, my talents, my resources. Serving requires generosity. We'll never give a cup of cold water until we let the cup go. We've got to let it go. We've got to give it. Whoever gives one of these little ones. Now, what's this talking about? Well, this phrase, little ones, we have to keep it in context. Jesus is talking to his disciples here. He's preaching to those who are already followers of Christ, his disciples. And so this, this phrase is talking about status, not age. And it is, in the culture, it meant someone who's insignificant. All right? So in the culture's eyes, the disciples of Christ were insignificant. But in Jesus' eyes, this is a term of endearment. Just like we call our kids little ones. His disciples, we're his little ones. It's a term of affection. 
In the culture's eyes, you're insignificant, but to me, you're important. And I want to use you for my glory, to serve, to make an impact for my kingdom. That's what he's saying. Only a cup of cold water. That phrase, only a cup of cold water. Now, in the Eastern culture, this was a courtesy. If you went to somebody's home, it was common courtesy. They would offer you a cup of cold water. Have things changed that much since then? When someone comes to your home, what's the nice thing to do? You offer them something to drink. When you go to a restaurant, what's the first thing they bring you? A glass of water. It's common courtesy. And that's the thing here. Just like cups are common, a cup of cold water, it was just a common thing to do. It's something you did, everybody did out of courtesy. It's a simple, common thing to do. In the name of a disciple, that phrase is interesting. So am I doing it in your name or my name? That's not really what this means. Because as a disciple, who do I represent? I represent Christ. So by doing it in the name of a disciple, I'm actually doing it to honor the Lord. Hang with me. Look at Mark 9, 41. Very similar verse in Mark chapter 9, verse 41. Whoever gives you a cup of cold water to drink because of my name, since you belong to the Messiah, whatever you do as a disciple, you do in the name of the Lord. Since you are belong to the Messiah, I assure you, he will never lose his reward. Whatever I do in the name of a disciple, I'm doing it in the name of Christ. So the promise is, is the same. The application is, it's not about me or you, it's I'm doing it in the name of Christ to honor him. Look at the last part of Mark 9, 41 I just read. I assure you, he will never lose his reward. Now, go back to Matthew 10, 42. Assuredly, I say to you, we tend to skip over that phrase, but don't. Because here's what this means. This is, this is big time. Jesus is saying, hey, this is important. This simple, small act that you're doing, this, is, this has huge impact. All of heaven sees it, rejoices in it, and rewards you. There's reward in doing even the smallest things in the name of Jesus Christ. He shall by no means lose his reward. By saying it in the negative, by no means, he's placing more emphasis on it. He's saying that this is important. Jesus is saying there's value in a cup of cold water in my name. All of heaven sees it, they remember it, they rejoice in it, and there's reward in it. So, let's sum up Matthew 10, 42. An unknown disciple does the smallest act of service to meet the simplest need of another ordinary disciple, and this act honors Jesus and is valued in heaven. An unknown disciple, followers of Christ, all of us, anybody, Anybody who's followers of Christ does the smallest act of service, just a, just a simple cup of cold water given to meet the simplest need. What's that need? Well, they're thirsty. I'm thirsty. You give me a drink of cold water. The need of another ordinary disciple, these little ones that Jesus, one of these little ones, how Jesus describes his followers. This act honors Jesus and is rewarded in heaven. The cup of service, a cup of cold water. Two things I want to look at this morning. Two ways, lessons of living about uh, giving the cup of cold water, lessons that we can take and learn from as we go about doing this. Number one, through little things, God can do huge things. Again, look at the verse, look at the phrase, a cup of cold water, a small act. Something common. And I, you know, I looked at or I thought about giving a cup of cold water and there are a few things that I came up with. What, what is it about a cup of cold water? Well, 
One thing it's common to do, I just said, you know, in this culture, uh, this Middle Eastern culture, you came into somebody's home, they offered you a drink. We do it in our homes when we have visitors. You go to a restaurant, you get one. It's a common thing to do. Common, every ordinary, everyday ordinary thing. A cup of cold water. Anybody can do it. We're not talking this morning about a strategy to reach East Asia with the gospel. Okay, that's important. And we have those strategies and we need people to do that. We're not talking about something that you need to take a spiritual gifts inventory to do. For this, you can take that and throw it out the window. Those things are important. They have value. But what we're talking about today is something that's simple. Anybody can do it. No excuses. No, I'm not qualified. I'm not important enough. Anybody can give a cup of cold water because it's easy to do. Do you know what's involved? Cup, faucet, water. Here you go. That's it. It's that simple. Anybody can do it, and it's simple to do. It's easy. It's a simple, easy act. And it's also free. I mean, yeah, you pay a water bill at home, but when you're here, you can go to the water fountain, get a cup of cold water. You can go in the bathroom. There's a faucet. That water's going to be 10 times cleaner than most other parts of the world. Any, any water you get around here, you can get it free if you want, and you can offer it. The only water we really pay for, other than our water bill, is free stuff in bottles, right? We go to the store and we buy water that we could get in a faucet uh, for a price. But it's free. You can do it, and it won't cost you anything to give a cup of cold water. It's easy, it's common, it's free, and it only gives short results, and that's, that's kind of interesting. I mean, it's not like you're going to give somebody a cup of water and they're going to say, hey, thank you, I'm not going to be thirsty for another 70 years. No, in 30 minutes, they're going to be thirsty again. I mean, again, this is a simple act. It's something that, that it's not going to have lasting results, but there's intent here, there's purpose. It's a simple act, but it's important. And we're going to see why it's important. Jesus is saying this little bitty act, this small act, seemingly insignificant, just a, just a cup of cold water, it has value. It's important. Even the smallest things, and here's the point, even the smallest things that we have, when we place them, that we have in our hands, when we place them in Jesus' hands, he can take those small things and he can do big things. Even the smallest things, it's not about what we determine as valuable, it's about what he is able to do with what we have. It doesn't matter who you are, what you have, or what you don't have. God can use you. And he can take small, simple acts and use those in a way that have great impact. Huge impact. We see that all through Scripture. We live in a day and time where we have, you know, supersized meals. We have mega malls. We have, you know, all these things. We like everything and we like it big, don't we? Everything. Um, but God takes these small things and we think, we see it all through Scripture. When you think about Dorcas, don't name your daughter Dorcas, but Dorcas was a pretty cool figure in Scripture. She took a needle and thread and she sewed clothes for widows. You think about the small boy with just five loaves and two fish. Jesus took that small amount and fed over 5,000 people with that. 5,000 men alone plus women and children. Just a small act. Little bitty things. Think about Moses, his common everyday ordinary rod that God used for a lot of things, not the least of which parting the Red Sea. It was God that did it, but he used that, that ordinary object. Moses' mom was just... A small slave girl, but God used her 
to do something incredible. Did you know the greatest gift in all the Bible was a widow with just two mites? A small gift, but that was all she had. And she gave it all to the Lord. A small, little bitty, everyday, ordinary thing. The greatest champion in the Bible, Goliath, was defeated with a shepherd boy that had a few stones and a sling. One stone took him down, a small stone. How about this? How about a baby boy in a manger that God used to save the world? God uses small, ordinary, everyday common things that we would never think of, but he uses them and he says, hey, if you'll take this and you'll put it in my hands, I will do things that you could never imagine. And anybody, everybody can be involved in that. This teaches us two things. Number one, there's hope. God can use us all. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. Those of you, no matter what your gifts are, what your strengths are, God can use all of us. And those of you that work behind the scenes in the church, that you think nobody notices what you do, this verse assures you God sees it and he uses it. It's a big deal to him. As a matter of fact, this church would not survive if it were not for people working behind the scenes doing stuff that most of you here today will never know about. Working behind the scenes, things that we would consider small are huge in the hands of God. He can use us all. Second, nobody can hide. You can't say, I'm not qualified. We're all qualified to give a cup of cold water. It's simple. It's easy to do. Small things. We can all do those types of things. Anyone and everyone can give a cup of cold water. Anyone and everyone can do whatever God calls you to do. These little bitty things that we think are small, insignificant things, God can use them. In the mid-1800s, right before the Civil War, there was a need for a bridge to, to go from America, the U.S., to Canada, just above the Niagara Falls, across the Niagara River, it needed to span 825 feet. The question came up, this is mid-1800s, pre-flight, the question came up, how do you get a rope across, how do you build a bridge across that expanse? Well, they thought about several ways to do it. They tried and failed, but they came up with an idea. A young boy who was really good at flying a kite... They got him to see if he could fly his kite across that 825-foot span. Well, sure enough, after a little bit of time, he was able to get the kite over across the river, and it got stuck in a tree. So a guy climbed up in the tree, got the kite down, tied a little bit larger rope to the, tight, the kite string. They pulled it across. Once they did that, they tied a little bit bigger rope, pulled it across, and then a little bit bigger rope until they got to the point where they tied a small cable and then a little larger cable, a medium-sized cable, a big cable. And eventually, that became the support for the bridge, the suspension bridge. A platform was built. Two years later, they had a bridge, and it was one of the largest. It was the largest of its time. Rail traffic traveled across. It was two layers. It had a railroad on top. It had a road underneath for horses and buggies. I mean, it was a huge, huge engineering feet, and it all started with just a little old kite and a little old kite string. Big things come out of little things. God can use you no matter who you are, and he can use what you do no matter how insignificant you think it is. Something as small as loving a child in the nursery. Something as little as handing a handful of candy 
to a child during a trunk or treat. Little bitty things used for His glory. God can take you where you are and use what you have, whatever resources you're willing to give Him, and He can cause huge impact for His kingdom. Small acts done in the Lord's name, placed in His, his hands. Hey, filling a box and sending it across the world at Christmas time. We can go to the dollar store and fill that thing up for a few bucks, but God will use it to impact people for his kingdom. What, here's the lesson. Do what you can with all that you can, with all you have, for all you can, with all that you have. Whatever it is, big or small, give it to the Lord, serve him, and he'll use it. One more truth this morning. Generosity is needed for this thirsty world. Generosity, giving, I mentioned this earlier, giving requires generosity. And generosity is what's needed for this thirsty world. Very important word in verse 42. Whoever gives. Serving requires that we give. It requires generosity. Giving a cup of cold water will never happen. I can, give, I can show you my cup. I can even let you hold my cup without letting it go, right? If I'm going to give it to you, I've got to let it, let it go. Giving will never happen unless I let whatever I'm trying to give you go. That's a requirement. And serving means that I'm giving you something. I'm letting go of something. I'm sacrificing something. Time, talents, resources, whatever it is, I'm sacrificing something so that I can serve you. And the reality is in this verse, a simple cup, but somebody was thirsty. Somebody needed water, and somebody needed somebody else to give them water. And we live in a thirsty world. There are people all around us who are thirsty, but keep this in the context, okay? Think about the context here. Who is Jesus talking to? He's talking to his disciples, and he's emphasizing the importance of us as his disciples serving each other. Simple common things, needs that we have. Now, why? In the missions discourse, taking the message of, the, of salvation to a lost and dying world, why would Jesus talk about us serving each other? Well, here's the reason. And, and one of the reasons is it's, it's so important that you be involved in the church. As we come together as the body of Christ and as we serve one another, we strengthen each other. We encourage each other. As we serve each other, we grow in our faith, which means we are better equipped to take the gospel to the lost and dying world. We need to serve one another. We need the support, the encouragement, the love that can only be found in the body of Christ. By giving each other cups of cold water, we're equipping each other to go out and share the gospel. But listen, we take cups of cold water outside the walls too, don't we? There are people who are dying. They're thirsty. They're, they're trying all sorts of sources to quench that thirst when they need a cup of living water. And we can share with them through simple acts of service, showing them the love of Jesus. So in both of those, though, what's the common theme? What's the common motivation? Whether it's serving each other or serving the lost, what are we trying to do? We're trying to advance the gospel. The, the, the outcome... The motivation, the reason is the same. It's a common goal. 
but we do it in different ways. Jesus is saying, serve one another, make sure you are equipping each other, encouraging each other, making, making sure you're growing spiritually so that you will be equipped to go out and share those cups with the lost, to advance the gospel, to carry out this mission that I've called you and set you apart for. We give cups of cold water to each other and outside, regardless of whether it's to believers or non-believers, the goal is the same. We live in a desperate world. Greg Matt said this. He said, a generous life requires an examined life. What do I have that other people need more? What is it that I have that other people need more? Now, here's an examination. He said, a, a, a generous life requires an examined life. So I want you to examine yourself. I'll do the same this morning. Is my attitude at Wall Highway Baptist Church, somebody serve me? Or is it, how can I serve somebody else? Do I come in here and if I don't get served the way I want, do I get bitter? Do I get angry? Do I want to take my toys and go home? Or is it, Lord, how can you use me? I want to be used to impact somebody else. Is it, Lord, bless me, bless my family, which is fine. He wants to do that. But is it all about bless me or is it, Lord, bless me so that I can use that, those blessings to help other people? What's the attitude? A generous life requires an examined life. We have to examine our motives. We need to continually examine, is it all about me? Am I in this for me? Because serving is not all about me. It's about others. It's others first. The whole, the last will be first, the first will be last. That's Jesus' philosophy, and he practiced that in his life. He became nothing so that we could be everything. He lowered himself so that we could have salvation. He saved us so that we could do the same, so that we could put others first, so that they could come to know Christ. He saved us to serve him. A generous life requires an examined life. How do I serve the Lord with my time? my talents, and my abilities. Because there's a great truth in verse 42. We look at what we give. God looks at what we keep. Yeah, he sees what we give. And we've already established verse 42. Cup of cold water, reward for that act. And there are rewards for service. But we talk about what we give. We focus on what we give. God sees, though, what we keep. And he knows what we're capable of giving. Listen, sometimes... A cup of cold water is all you have to give, and that's fine. Give it. Sometimes a cup of cold water is all that's needed to be given. That's all God's asking you to give. But sometimes we give a cup of cold water when we could give a lot more. Instead of giving what we have that God's called us to give, we do this small act when He's really calling us to do much more. God sees what we keep behind, what we leave, what we try to hide, what we keep for ourselves. The reality is, is that sometimes we need to give much more. Sometimes we're giving this cup of cold water and we've got a whole cooler full of water that we could be giving. And we're walking around every day through life with our cooler and it's nice and full and we're handing out little bitty cups here and there but we're lugging this through life we're going through the halls of church we're going through work we're going through the halls at school and it's kind of hard to get around when you're carrying this everywhere you go and you're tired and you're exhausted and you have no joy and you don't understand why and the reality is it's because you're lugging this big old cooler around and God's saying give it away He's saying, give your time, give your resources, give your talents, and yes, yeah, sometimes give your money, whatever it is, we should be giving more. Now, not all of you can. 
Sometimes a cup's all you have, and that's good. You do what you can for the Lord. We've already seen small acts he can take and do big things with. Sometimes a cup's all that's needed. But sometimes we're focused on these little cups we're giving, and God sees the big cooler that we've got that we're keeping everything in. So what's the answer? Well, the answer is you need to set your cooler down. You need to give it all to the Lord for him to use for his glory. If you have the attitude of it's not mine to begin with, the only reason I have it is because God has allowed me to be a steward over it, my time, my talents, and my resources, then that's going to allow me to give my time, my talents, and my resources more freely. A cup of cold water, simple, small act. But today we have to make a decision. Am I going to get off the sidelines and start serving? Because that's what this is all about. Remember, this is disciples in the local church. It's the context here for us as it translates to 21st century. We're all followers of Christ. Am I going to get off the sidelines and start serving the Lord? Or am I sitting there waiting for somebody to serve me? There's a lot that needs to be done. There's a lot that we're called to do. This church in this day and time in this community. We've experienced some incredible growth. We've seen people come to Christ, and that's fantastic. We celebrate in that, and we want to keep celebrating in that. But there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. There are a lot of people outside these walls that need to know Jesus. They're lost. They're coming in to this community from all over the country, all over the world even. The question is, is are we going to take them the cup of water that they desperately need? Another story from the Civil War the Battle of Fredericksburg was a famous battle, well-known battle. It was a bloody battle. And on December the 13th of 1862, this battle took place, and there was a private by the name of Richard Kirkland. And he was on the Confederate side, and during this battle, he was behind a stone wall. And for the Confederates during this battle, it basically was target practice. They were on the other side of the wall, and they were, just, they were protected by this wall, just shooting. And on the other side, the Union side, in what was horrible leadership for the time, they kept sending wave after wave of soldiers, and the Confederates were just mowing them down. I mean, it was target practice. They were out in the field, out in wide open, and they kept doing this. And, and several men lost their lives as a result of poor leadership. They kept trying to take, to get to the Confederates, to take them through this wall. Well, after a while, after the battle died down, the Confederates were still on the other side of the wall and they could hear Union soldiers in the field screaming and crying. They were thirsty. They could hear men saying, I'm thirsty. Just please, somebody give me some water. Please, somebody give me some water. Well, Richard Kirkland had all he could take. He couldn't stand it anymore. He heard these cries and he went to his commander he went and he said, listen, General J.B. Kershaw was his commander. He said, I just want to, I want to take these guys some water. General Kershaw said, listen, if you do that, you're a dead man. They're going to put a bullet through your head. He said, you know what? It's worth the risk. I can't take it anymore. I want to do it. And he said, fine, you go right ahead. So he gathered every canteen he could find. Every one of them filled it up with water. He hopped the wall. And sure enough, the minute he hopped the wall, bullets were whizzing by his head. But he kept going. And he kept going one soldier after another. And he'd give him just a drink of water. That's it. Just one drink of water, and then he'd move on to the next person. A field full of bloody, dying soldiers. Most of them would lose their lives. He did just what he could. Just a drink of water here and there. Well, the Union soldiers saw what he was doing, and they stopped shooting at him. They realized he was just trying to give them a drink of water, so they stopped. 
And everybody watched as this one man on this mission of mercy, a field full of bloody, dying individuals, went to one person right after the other and just gave a drink of water. General Kershaw wrote about that event, and he said Christ was in the camp that day. I doubt not that he, Richard Kirkland, now wears a bright crown bestowed by him who promises, referencing this verse, that a cup of cold water given in the right spirit shall not lose its reward. So they made a statue. That's a statue dedicated to him. They made a statue. And there's no doubt if you read his diary that Richard Kirkland was a believer. And he was doing what we're talking about today. That simple act, just, just a cup of cold water to somebody that's desperately in need. So where does this story hit you today? Are you the person lying in the field begging for water? You've searched, you've looked, you've tried everything. Things, possessions, relationships, experiences, and none of that satisfies your soul. Well, if that's you today and you're dying of thirst you need to take a drink from the cup of living water that's only found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, what if if it's you, what if you're on the other side of the wall and you can hear those voices that are crying out, those dying, bloody, lost souls that are desperate for a drink of water. Here's the thing. They're not like us. They don't act like us. They don't talk like us. Just like those Union soldiers were to the Confederates right now, they're enemies to us. Sometimes just in the sense that they're not a part of the family of God, so they're enemies to God. Sometimes they are absolutely against us. They don't vote like us. They don't say the things that we say. They have beliefs that don't line up with us. But they're out there, and they're dying. Not on the other side of a stone wall in the 1800s, but on the other side of this wall. They're dying and they're lost and we can hear their voices. We can see all the symptoms of being lost. And we talk about it at parties and we we criticize their beliefs. And why in the world would they think this way? Why would they choose to be with that person? But the reality is, like Richard Kirkland, we're called to take the water to them. We're not called to expect them to come to us. So which side of the wall are you on this morning? Are you dying of thirst or are you being called to share the living water? Again, it starts in here. We've got to share it with each other and serve each other so that we can go out and share it with a lost and dying world. A cup of cold water, a simple act, simple, just to give a drink of water to a thirsty world. Because here's the amazing thing about something that's so simple as a cup of cold water, the cup of service. Something so simple to us, and it is, I mean, it's just a cup of water. Something so simple to us can lead to salvation for somebody else. Isn't it amazing what God can do with what we give Him? I think it's best that we give Him everything and just sit back and see what He can do. Step up when He calls us to step up. Serve when He calls us to serve. Give whatever it is that He asks us to give, whether that's a cup or a cooler full. Everything that we are, everything that we have, given to the Lord, placed in His hands, as small as it may seem in the grand scheme of the world around us, God can take those little things in His hands and it can lead to a lost person destined for hell, spending eternity with Him in heaven. What an amazing promise. Let's pray together. Father, thank You. 
for taking simple things, small things, if we place them in your hands, using those things, taking them and turning them into extraordinary things. Even just a cup of cold water, a literal cup of cold water used for your glory can lead to somebody coming to know you as Lord and Savior. And we think about that story, Richard Kirkland taking that water to those who are dying and and begging. And we have to ask, where do we fall in that narrative? Are we on the other side of the wall? Are there people here today who don't know you, who need salvation? They're in desperate need and they've looked and they can't find anything that will satisfy their soul. I pray that if there's somebody here today who that describes, that they would accept that free gift of salvation that can only come by putting their faith and trust in you, accepting the gift of life that you offer through your death and resurrection. Lord, I pray that today would be the day of salvation for them. Are we on the other side of the wall listening to those cries? Hearing the lost and dying world around us. Lord, we know they don't act the way we think they should. They don't believe the way that we do. They're lost. They're difficult to reach. They're doubting. Some of them absolutely denying and arguing against what we claim to believe. But we know that through those simple acts of serving, of giving, of going... You can take those simple things and you can penetrate even the hardest of hearts. Lord, we ask that you give us those opportunities as we know you will. And I pray that we as your children would be faithful to take those cups of cold water to the lost and dying world around us. Wherever we are, as it relates to this instruction that you gave your disciples, that you give to us, I pray that we would allow you to speak to our hearts, that we would examine our lives this morning and that we would answer your call on us, whatever that is and wherever that means we need to go, to serve you faithfully, that we would give everything to you. Lord, we thank you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand for our time of commitment?